So this is about circling back to all of that is a catch-all phrase for stress. This is a yes. stress, and stress can impact and、uh, aggravate the perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms. Before we talk about strategies to support perimenopause and have you kind of coasting through it instead of feeling like you're drowning in it, we're going to talk about foods and substances and lifestyles that can really aggravate perimenopause and menopause, postmenopause symptoms. So before we get to the kind of juicier strategies, which will be in subsequent episode, we want you to hear this because it's not just about adding things in; it's also about cutting things in your life. So let's start with stimulants. So I know Mary, as since I've met you, you've always been awesome, caffeine-free, right? And I wish, in a way, that I could,、uh, you know, get there again. I know I've done it for like a month here, a month there. Um, I know that through patients, it definitely can aggravate symptoms of hot flushes and night sweats and insomnia because caffeine has a very long half life, meaning it's still in your system even if you have it in the morning. And caffeine is a big no no if you're suffering from hot flushes and insomnia.、It、doesn't mean you have to take it out completely, but if you're drinking two or three. Cups of coffee or pots, like some of my patients, we want you to really support your liver. Potentially, even go off of it for a month to give your liver a break. Your liver is a powerhouse, and we need to be nice to it because it gets congested. And、uh, you know, sometimes there's、uh, struggles at this age. You know, in in your late 30s, early 40s through 50s. So, so caffeine elimination, and then maybe just find that balance where you can have. A little bit, up to like 150 to 200 milligrams maximum, which is like a small cup of coffee,、um, and switch it to organic. Because just like when we are going through our perimenopause,、uh, sorry, fertility years, we're working on egg quality. We want to really support egg quality、uh, so that we can have good hormones. Egg quality isn't just for it isn't just for making babies. It's also to have healthy hormones. So that we can feel good. So avoiding coffee, caffeine is not just in coffee.、Uh, chocolate is another、um, place you might find caffeine and、uh, green tea, black tea. So kind of do a little bit of a symptom journal to assess whether or not it's impacting you. Well, and for and then, me, to be honest, yeah, yeah. like it, it's even because okay, so I'm not pure. You say, <laughs> oh, I don't. You know, I just think it's amazing because、so, I have well, I, my cup and I like look forward to it. Well, because I'm I'm that high energy person, and if I drink a cup of coffee, I'll be like freaking out. So I can't. Do oh, it. see, like, I just feel horrible it, on it. Yeah,、right? it makes patients. Some patients have heart palpitations and anxiety. Yes, it makes yes, it worse. Yes, hundred、mm-hmm. percent. So for me, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. Like dark chocolate is my friend. And and so I, I'm not eating like a box of chocolates a day, but you know I could be seen eating some chocolate here and there. And but did it aggravate? Absolutely. When I was going through it, did I completely abstain? Oh, I would live my life. I love my chocolate, and when I have it, it's not like again I'm not having a whole giant box. I'll have. I could even have like two squares, and I'll eat it like really slowly and make it like a meditative enjoyment experience. So it's not about complete abstinence, and it's really in line with Chinese medicine, where we say it's the balance, the balance、it's、of all, all things, right? Yeah, and, and 
what else aggravates then for me, because I'm not drinking coffee, I, I mean, even drinking hot water would do it for me, right? So ah. the temperatures that, that you would experience. So if we're going to continue speaking to other things that can aggravate, well, another stimulant we all know about is alcohol. And this is a biggie, by the way, especially when, well, both coffee and alcohol are so utilized as part of our culture. We grow up with it. We we when we get together with people, when we socialize, that's really what we do. Drink, you know, like even if you meet a friend for a coffee, you don't even say go for a tea. You say, let's go meet for a coffee or let's go out for drinks. So it's part of our social culture. And it's like, how can we change and shift this when we know that alcohol, we really react to. And the older we get, the more reactive we are. Can you explain that to everyone, by the way, what happens with our tolerance to alcohol as we age? Yes. I'm going to jump back to chocolate for one moment. Okay. It's a favorite of mine too. <laughs> and I want people to know that it is helpful. There are antioxidants in chocolate. There is, an, in addition to the caffeine, there's also magnesium. So a lot of women crave it just before their period, partly because the sugar, the fat, but also because there's high magnesium in there. So it's not all bad. And so like you said, everything in balance, enjoy it. And I think it's not just the, as I mentioned, it's the sugar as well that can be, uh, I find patients will say, oh, sugar is like a big trigger for them when they have a high sugar diet or milled refined carbohydrates, which we'll talk a little more about because alcohol, like a sugar, right? So it's, it basically what happens with age is we develop insulin resistance more, especially in our forties, our metabolism slows down. We lose lean body mass. We also lose not just muscle mass, but strength, and that impacts our receptors for insulin. Insulin hormone goes up, and then we don't have good communication, so sugar doesn't enter the blood, uh, sorry, out of the blood, it doesn't enter the organs and the muscles, tissues as effectively, and then the sugar goes and gets stored over into the liver, making non-alcoholic liver, fatty liver disease or NASH, like uh, non-alcoholic steata hepatitis. So basically fancy words for what I would say, like an easier layman's term would be like fatty liver or sluggish livers. And then what ends up happening is we don't metabolize, you know, caffeine as well. We might find that all of a sudden we're more stimulated, but also alcohol, we, a lot of people will say, oh, I used to be able to have like three or four drinks and I would feel that nice little tipsy feeling, but now I'll get it, you know, I'll feel tipsy, but the next day I feel horrendous. Like I have a hangover. What would have given me a hangover in my younger years, maybe 10 drinks is now like two or three or maybe even one or less yeah, or less. Yes. Yeah. One. Yeah. So what's really important to help yourself, because again, it's all about balance. So uh, you might want to work on the nutrition aspect to reverse some of that liver congestion, take breaks from stimulate stimulants and alcohol, uh, sugar, milled flour, give your body a break uh, from everything, medication, supplements for a good month, do a little bit of a metabolic reset. And then when you do bring alcohol in, change how much you're having. So if, if you really want to have it as part of your you know lifestyle, change how much, right? Instead of the two or three, maybe cut back to one and have a big glass of water for every alcoholic beverage and pace yourself <laughs> yes. so that that way you're not suffering the next day and your liver is happier. 
And so I don't know if we want to do it here or in another episode, but it's like, you know, don't get, don't succumb to peer pressure when you're social. It's like you, you want to just keep no, up with should, the Joneses. I think that's a great point. And I would love to address that because, you know, you can easily sit there with a bubbly soda water and lemon or lime if everybody else wants to drink and happily just hang out and be silly with people. You don't have to drink or you could, I order tea often. I, I went, I went, yeah, I went, uh, I've been, I, I don't know why I just decided to go dry January of 2022. And then I had a little bit over Christmas and then I went dry again, like this past Christmas. I was like, you know what? I'm good without it. And I noticed it. I noticed that I was like, Ooh, I don't feel so great the next day. And you know me, I like to have my fitness regimes and I just figured age and I just thought it was healthier for me to not have it. So I, I was like, you know what? The, the, the research is now saying there's no alcoholic beverage that is, is safe or, you know, it all increases risk for everything. Again, yes. I believe in balance. So I'm not saying I'm not going to have alcohol. I'm not going to be like, Oh, never. If there's a, you know, delicious steak and I want some red wine to pair with it or a lovely fish or something in a restaurant. And I decide one day consciously that I want that I'll have it. But right now I just don't have the appetite for it. I, yeah. I, and, and this is not medical advice. You need to go to your health practitioner for all this, by the way. So this is our disclaimer. And yet simultaneously, you know, I just, um, I'm in the midst of reading Peter Atia's book that you recommended yes! at Live. Yay, and, you know, he, he was citing examples about these people that are over 100 years old, centenarians. Centenarians, yeah. And um, how it's kind of a funny thing where he's looking at their diets and lifestyle and it's like, okay, this person actually smokes, this person drinks alcohol, this person drinks diet soda. So it's not about complete abstinence. And obviously... Yes, you don't want to have like a whole whack of it and everyone's makeup is different. So you need to learn what your tolerance is. Like you're not a carbon copy of another person. So I we hope that we can teach you to really be more self-aware if anything else as part of this. And at this age, this is your time in Chinese medicine. This is your second spring, your second chance. You can revitalize. And we're going to do a whole episode on that. But you know, going back to, we do not need to succumb to peer pressure because you're an adult. You got to say, and you can have fun without drinking. You don't need to associate yourself as to be a 20 year old. You're not. That's only how it. many minutes did we spend laughing our heads off when we were doing like, like the, the, the recording for this podcast first, when we were doing a previously named embrace you first. And then this, I think we forget how silly we can get. And it, it's like just keeping things light and finding ways to, you know, laugh and be silly and, you know, incorporate relaxation outside of, you know, you know that social time. We feel like you need to drink. Like I think yeah. a lot more people are doing this too, and they are able to go out as a group and not drink. So, you know, part of it is, is like a bit of social anxiety to have a glass of wine. People feel more relaxed, but in a, and then the peer pressure, because if one's drinking, you feel like you need to keep up with the Joneses and do it. But I think there's a lot more people who are listening to people like Dr. Peter Atiyah and realizing, you know what, let's just be consciously healthier. Yeah. You know, I have, the, I have some patients right now, couple, like they come in as a couple and they're sending their friends and they're all couples together, hanging out and being healthier. And you can do social time through sport or walking in the forest and like, you know, just even slowing down. So like one of the things that we definitely need to do more of is, or 
or less of, let's talk since we're cutting out, is the the speed at which we function. We're no longer starting a new job, or maybe we are, but you know, usually most often people are in their 40s, perhaps, and they are settled in their occupation. And you know, I think that uh, rather than burning the candles at both ends, especially if you're raising young children or circumstances, obviously your children are grown up, but like you don't need to keep that same pace anymore. It's not necessary. You have to give yourself the permission, however, to slow down and that you are more efficient and effective at your job. Usually I can't say for everybody, as you said, medical disclaimer, but be okay with, you know, the work efforts you're putting in and save some so that, you know, you, you are efficient with your job, because I think part of it is, is we don't give ourselves enough breaks. And then when we jump into work, we're spending maybe 10 hours when we could be doing eight hours and we're not as efficient. So wiring in like, or working in breaks and slowing down, right? Like the speed is just too fast in society. And then we expect ourselves to keep that pace when our physical, we're physically not meant to be, you know, moving that quickly. So this is about circling back to all of that is a catch-all phrase for stress. This is a stress. And stress can impact and uh, aggravate the perimenopausal and menopausal symptoms. So there are lots of things that we can do. I'm going to speak to this in the next episode. And I was also reminded because in Chinese medicine, we, we have a different perspective about perimenopause, menopause. It's a transition. It's nothing negative and we need to welcome it. So we need to discuss this in a very positive, lighthearted way so that you can embrace yourself in this period of your life, the season of your life. And, um, you know, it's not like, so traditionally we say these are the years of wisdom. So we need to own that.